0: Hello and welcome to This Week in the IndieWeb, audio edition, for the week of February 10th through 16th, 2018. This Week in the IndieWeb is a weekly digest of activities in the IndieWeb community at indieweb.org. It contains recent and upcoming events, posts from Indie news, and a summary of wiki edits. This Week in the IndieWeb is sent out on Fridays at 2pm Pacific Time, with this audio edition appearing the following day. You can find the web edition of This Week in the IndieWeb, including all links and an archive of all past editions, at indieweb.org this-week. Events Homebrew Website Club is a bi-weekly meetup of people passionate about or interested in creating, improving, building, and designing their own website. Most meetings take place every other Wednesday from 6.30pm to 7.30pm, with an optional quiet writing hour from 5.30pm to 6.30pm beforehand. Homebrew Website Club met on February 14th for a special Valentine's Day meetup in Amsterdam. Homebrew Website Club will next meet on February 20th in Baltimore, and the next regularly scheduled Homebrew Website Club meeting will take place on February 21st, with Nuremberg, San Francisco, and Pasadena confirmed so far. If you're an organizer, please remember to update the wiki with information about your venue, times, and how to RSVP. And remember, you can always find info about the next upcoming Homebrew Website Club meetups at indieweborg next dash hwc. Interested in starting a Homebrew Website Club in your city? It can be as simple as grabbing a friend and heading to your favorite coffee shop, bar, living room, or any other meeting place. You can find plenty of information about Homebrew Website Club, including tips for how to organize your own, at indieweborg hwc. Dates and location have been finalized for the 2018 IndieWeb Summit, scheduled to take place on June 26th and 27th in Portland, Oregon. The two-day summit is slated to be part of the larger Open Source Bridge conference happening that week. It is likely there will also be a pre-summit leaders meetup for organizers of IndieWeb camps and homebrew website clubs on the day before the summit. Organizers and volunteers are invited to contribute via the wiki at IndieWeb.org slash 2018. All IndieWeb events follow the IndieWeb Code of Conduct, which can be found at IndieWeb.org slash COC. And all IndieWeb events are volunteer-run, so if you are interested in helping organize, getting the word out, finding sponsors, and more, let us know in the chat at chat.indieweb.org. In IndieWeb-related events, on February 15th, community member Jeremy Keith gave a talk titled, Taking Back the Web at Webstock 2018 in Wellington, New Zealand. You can find a photo from the talk in the newsletter, and be on the lookout for a video and slides. Here's a brief summary of posts collected this week by Indie News, a community-curated list of articles relevant to the IndieWeb. You can read more or submit posts of your own at news.indieweb.org. Mark Matienzo at matienzo.org published a post titled, Sending Websub Notifications from Static Sites Using Netlify Functions. In it, the author details the use of a new private beta feature from static website host Netlify, which allows users to write code that executes when certain events occur, such as a successful site deployment. Matienzo used this functionality to trigger web sub notifications so that subscribers to his site will be immediately notified when new or updated content is available. Matthias Pfefferly at Notiz.blog published a German language post titled OpenID Connect Federation. In it, the author gives his thoughts on the recently released draft of the 1.0 version of a specification to allow OpenID servers to verify information sent between providers and requesters. Comparing the cryptographic requirements in this proposal to those that doomed OAuth 1.0, Fefferly encourages those in search of an alternative to try IndieAuth. And now, a selection of this week's updates from the IndieWeb Wiki at IndieWeb.org. New Community Members A new user page was created for Amit Gavandi at AmitGavandi.com. Amit is a software developer by profession, a tinkerer on the web by liking, and an aspiring writer by choice. A new user page was created for Peter Stufsand at peterstufsand.nl. Peter is a developer from the Netherlands who is working on adding indie web building blocks to his own websites and software. A new user page was created for Sarah Mundy at sarahmundy.com. Sarah is, quote, the very model of an engineer electrical, with information plentiful, chemical to celestial. She knows the basic theorems and more intensive principles, from Ohm to Coulomb, delighting in Kirchhoff's sum potentials. If you haven't already, now is a good time to create your own user page. It's a great way to introduce yourself to the IndieWeb community and to collect the things that you are working on or want to work on for your personal website. For more details, visit IndieWeb.org wikifying. Services and Organizations The GitHub page was updated with two new developments. First, a security warning that GitHub allows reuse of deleted usernames. This issue arose when the owner of a popular library for the Go programming language deleted their account, followed by an unknown individual registering the same name this creates a potential security hole for developers that rely on libraries hosted on GitHub. Second, Bridgie Publish, a service by Ryan Barrett that simplifies the process of syndicating posts from your own site into various silos, now has support for creating posse copies to GitHub, including GitHub Issues, Issue and Pull Request Comments, and Stars. The email page was updated with a link to a post by Bron Gondwana, CEO of Fastmail, on the company's blog titled Email is your electronic memory. In it, Gondwana responds to Google's announcement of support for accelerated mobile pages technology in Gmail as a way of keeping emails, quote, up to date. Gondwana pushes back against this feature, saying instead that the immutability of email is a necessary feature for it to act as a trusted store of memories. The Facebook page was updated with a link to a post by Chris Aldrich at Bafosacco.com titled, Facebook is Censoring My Notes. In it, Aldrich describes finding that Facebook had flagged some of his notes as being in violation of community guidelines. With no further details available, Aldrich appealed the decision, and now each of the affected posts is awaiting some sort of review from Facebook. His theory? Facebook is attempting to deprecate the notes feature which supports external links in favor of freeform status updates which do not allow linking outside of Facebook. Related to Facebook, the RSVP page was updated with a link to a post by Taylor Lorenz in The Daily Beast titled, Why You Should Reply Yes to Every Facebook Event. In it, the author details, through interviews with users, how no and yes RSVP responses to Facebook events affect the number of people who see the event in their newsfeed. As a consequence, some now consider it polite to RSVP yes simply so that they don't prevent others from seeing the event. Finally, the Facebook Master Algorithm page was updated with links to two posts, a piece by Katie Notopoulos for BuzzFeed and a discussion thread on Metafilter, discussing what appear to be unintended consequences of recent changes to Facebook's newsfeed algorithm. The pieces focus on some seemingly banal posts which nevertheless dominate multiple users' newsfeeds over a period of weeks, potentially because users are leaving comments on the post. Even when those comments are meta-commentary, about how they would rather not see the post. IndieWeb Development A new page was created for Fragmentioner, a JavaScript utility by IndieWeb community member Kartik Prabhu, which allows site visitors to highlight a portion of text in the page and receive a pop up link with a Fragmention URL which links directly to that text. The Content Delivery Network page was updated with a link to a post by Janos Pashtor at Pashtor.at titled, Building Your Own CDN for Fun and Profit. In it, the author details the process of distributing a static site over several geographically placed servers and using Amazon's Route 53 DNS service to ensure that the closest geographical server is used in response to DNS requests for his site. Compared to passive caching services, which often drop infrequently requested content, this approach can result in faster page loads. Finally, a quick personal note this week. This episode marks the one-year anniversary of this podcast. It's been a privilege to be a part of the IndieWeb community, to write, record, and publish this audio edition each week, and to meet and interview many of you at IndieWeb events. I look forward to continuing and improving the podcast, and as always, I'd love your feedback. You can reach me directly in the IndieWeb chat channels on IRC or Slack, or via my website at mmg.re. Also, if you've learned something from this podcast that you might have otherwise missed, I'd love a 5-star rating and a review on whatever service you use to receive podcasts. That goes double for reviews posted to your own site. Thanks for listening, and here's to another year. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening. This English version of This Week in the IndieWeb Audio Edition was read and produced by Marty McGuire. If you have suggestions for improving this audio edition of the newsletter, please feel free to contact Marty in the IndieWeb chat. This Week in the IndieWeb and the Indie News services are provided by Aaron Parecki. Music for this episode comes from Aaron Parecki's 100 Days of Music project, Find out more at 100.aaronparecki.com. Learn more about the IndieWeb at IndieWeb.org and join the discussion via Slack, IRC, or the web at chat.indieweb.org.